Now, we must all fear evil men. But there is another kind of evil which we must fear most. And that is the indifference of good men. This is the St. Longinus's Baptism Podcast Channel. This is Random Thoughts number eight, entitled People Would Rather Live with a Comfortable Lie Than an Uncomfortable Truth. The reason I'm doing this particular episode is because um I just have as as the title uh, of the uh, the episode goes, these are some random thoughts, and um, I want to cover some of these thoughts, and Lord willing, they will give you some food for thought. Um, to those of you who are new to this channel. Um, basically, I cannot recommend my introduction episodes enough if you are truly interested on how I think, what my approach is, and, um, a brief a brief uh, overview of my background. Now, there's a reason that I keep a lot of my background to myself, but the primary and main reason is is, is that I know it's popular on most podcasts um, for people to um constantly reference their past um to make the show um you know they 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 try to personalize it to their personality um my approach is 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 that and I say this in the introductions that's why I keep hammering home you need to listen to them um and by the way um I, I check my analytics every now and again, and my show introductions, even though they're, uh, I can't stress the importance of those episodes in so far as getting the context of what I'm all about. They're the least amount, they are the least amount of episodes that get listened to. This is not a complaint, this is an observation. And, um, my approach to this podcast is, and once again, this is in the introduction. This isn't about me. This is absolutely is not about me. It's about the Lord Jesus, his blessed mother in the heavenly kingdom. If I make references about myself in episodes they're generally to make a point. Sometimes I'm, you know, I use a humorous um, 
part of my life to make a joke. But for the most part, this is not about me. And as a matter of fact, my other social media platforms are also not about me. Um, but to those of you who are interested in context, and I want to say, especially if you're coming to this podcast from Twitter, um, you need to, because my Twitter account and this podcast are running under the same, the same philosophy and outlook. So I, I, I realize that on Twitter, a lot of the people that, you know, come across what I say on Twitter are probably turned off by my approach or, or my, um, my methods. And I'm going to flat out tell you that if that's the case, I make no apologies for that. And I've said this on other episodes. And given the nature of social media, I can't assume that people take the time and the effort to listen to those introduction videos. So, um... Uh, a lot of my context is unknown and they think I'm just some random malcontent, you know, being a malcontent. There is a method to my madness. And that method is, is I'm trying to follow God's will as I understand it. And for those who are laboring under the delusion that I think of myself as some kind of prophet or saint, I'm going to disabuse you of that very shallow and very erroneous notion. I am the very opposite of those. But I am sincere in my belief. I am sincere in my love of Jesus Christ, his blessed mother in the heavenly kingdom. And I'm doing the best I can with what I've been given. But um, I'm... I, and by the way, even before, even before um, I started on my path with Jesus back in 2001, when I was a total and utter hedonist heathen, my approach can be, can be simplified in this way. I'm going to be who I am. If you can't handle that, not my issue. Not my issue, your issue. Um, I, I'm not, I, I, I would say the main difference between my hedonistic heathen self and the person I am at present moment is, is that God has given me enough grace to realize that I'm no, I'm no longer a free agent in the sense that I could get to do and say whatever I want and, you know, I'm not supposed to care about, you know, hurting people. 
because that was my approach back in those days. You know, um, I have a very excellent, excellent ability, or at least I did, of if I, if I hung around a person long enough, I could generally get a good idea of where their weak points were as a person and then turn that into a biting, cutting remark which I would use to, if they crossed me, to to really get under their skin. My approach now is, is that God has given me the grace to understand that a lot of people who are tuning in to listen to this are, that I have... I either have right now or have had in the past the same shortcomings and faults that they do. And to try to be more charitable and understanding. St. Pius X has a saying where he says, charity does not mean compromise. Which neatly sums up how I feel. I will try to be charitable. I will try to be understanding. But that doesn't mean I'm going to water down my message. Because people, for whatever their personal reasons are, either don't want to listen to or can't handle my approach or my way of doing things. And as I said, there is a method to my madness. But... What I would say is, if you want to get my context on Twitter, on Pinterest, and on um, this podcast, you need to listen to those introductory episodes. And the thing I don't understand about this, I don't understand what the stumbling block about this is, is that the average length of those episodes, and I believe there's five of them, Is under an hour. Which is my average running time for the episodes on this show is around an hour. Between 40 and 55 minutes. Now I do have some marathon episodes. But that is once again method to my madness. I needed to get into autistic detail about what I'm talking about. So that people may get the information that they need to make an informed decision. Um, I, I have been on social media more or less um, full-time. And when I say full-time, I mean on my off days and my free time since 2017. Although I opened up my original Twitter account, I think it was around 2013. But I, did, I didn't really mess with it. Um, so, um, I've, I don't have as much experience as maybe some of you do with the games and the personality types and whatever 
uh, social media BS is going on um, to know, you know, to, to have a good understanding. So I'm sure there's some of you. Yes, yes, you have more experience. That's all well and good. Um, but I tend to, I tend to, uh, I, I think that I, my experience is, it works for my purposes. And, you know, because my God is a God of irony and surprises, I am sure that there's going to be some situations that are going to come up that are out of my wheel box. So. Having said that, um, I, I have noticed when dealing with people on social media that they will tune you out. If they do not like your methods or your approach, they won't, they will tune you out. And I never get tired of saying, forget the approach, forget the method, listen to the message. And having said that, I also want to make this clear to those of you who may just be listening to my podcast. And by the way, if you are, uh, thank you very much. I really do appreciate it. Um, I have stated in previous episodes, I don't talk about stuff I don't know. And that's the way I've always been. Even when I was not trying to follow Jesus I never got into conversations that I did not have a working knowledge of what I'm talking about. Now, I know it's a fun internet game to, well, you got this detail wrong. Yes, but was the overall message correct? Or, well, so-and-so said so-and-so and, um... He's a PhD in theology. He's, he's, a, he's a, uh, a bishop or he's a priest. Well, as I said in a previous episode, if that is your attitude, um, unless you can show me, and by the way, when I say bishop and priest, I'm not talking about the Vatican II abortion. I'm talking to a set of a contest, a true Catholic priest or bishop. If you use that appeal to authority to me, that a set of a contest priest or bishop said this, my answer to you would be, well, okay. So is what I'm, how is what I'm saying contradicting what they are saying? It's all very simple, really. If you cannot tell me how what I'm saying is contradicting what they're saying. Why are you making this point? And furthermore, I would go even further and say, well, 
okay, if, if you consider this priest or bishop an authority on whatever topic you want to challenge me on, why aren't you listening to them? And I'm going to make, I'm going to be brutally blunt because it needs to be said. I see a lot of so-called set of contests online who are all hung up on canon law and doctrine. But when it comes to actual critical thinking, uh, following a truth to its logical conclusion, they, and I'm just saying by what I'm seeing, uh, I'm not uh, broad brushing every set of contests on this. Why aren't, why aren't you putting into practice what these guys are preaching? And I've covered this in a previous episode as well. And what I just said is bringing me around to what this podcast, uh, I'm sorry, this episode is about. But before I do that, I also want to make it absolutely clear to the Vatican II guys. I, I say what I mean. And I am who I am. I'm not playing games. What you see is what you get. Everywhere on my social media, I put the fact that I'm set of a contest. So if you're Vatican II and you're using Vatican II as your authority and you obstinately refuse to address my um, my points and you just, you know, you want to make appeals to authority without addressing what I'm saying. Um, I will, I will start out by telling you, I don't recognize Vatican II as legitimate. So the authority you're quoting is something that I do not recognize. And then if you, Keep persisting on your little troll game that you're playing. I'm going to ban you. Because time is short. We don't have time to waste. And, you know, I, I will be the first to tell you, when I, when I first started using Twitter regularly, I used to love getting into debates with people. I used to love trolling myself. Well... I don't have the time, I don't have the inclination, and I don't have the um, inclination to play these games. If you want to give me your 3,000 IQ take, and yes, I'm being facetious, I will tune you out. Now, if you have something useful to add, I will listen. Having said this, these are some of the, the issues that I've noticed on, on social media. The first issue is, is that people go into... And by the way, a lot of the stuff that goes on, basically what I'm going to say about this is 
St. Pope Pius X said, modernism is the synthesis of all heresies. And I like to add that Protestantism, it was its seed. But basically, the social media um, atmosphere is modernism ramped up by a thousand. Okay, so um, I realize that a lot of this stuff that I'm going to be talking about is people who, and we're all modernists, by the way, we're all modernists. Modernism pretty much kicked off in the uh, 1700s with the... uh, public announcement of Masonic Lodges. And so anyone between 1700 and now is, whether they, I don't care how based in red pill jar, you're a modernist. You have modernist assumptions. You have, you, you have modern ways of thinking, thinking about things. If that's too tough for you to understand, That's a shame, as Sherry Seinfeld would say, but it's not my issue. But a lot of what I'm going to be talking about is modernism, basically ramped up to a thousand. Now, one of the things that I notice is that If I give people, once again, I'm going back to, I don't talk about crap that I don't know about. I don't recommend materials for the most part that I haven't actually read and understand. So basically, um, I will recommend either in my show notes or on other platforms Materials, I think, that will be useful for use in the the Catholic spiritual life. And I notice a lot of times um, a lot of times people will just Even if they give you a thumbs up or, hey, that's great, blah, blah, blah. A lot of times they will not take you up when you, because in my case, I list, you know, my podcast, my Pinterest, and my Twitter. They'll be polite and say, yeah, yeah, that's great. But they will not bother to try to understand um, what I'm trying, you know, what, uh, the material that I'm, that I'm uh, trying to show them. And your average internet take is as shallow as a rain puddle. They basically take everything at face value without doing any critical thinking and any deep thought. And by the way, 
This is not people's fault. Platforms like Twitter are designed to discourage deep thinking and the sharing of ideas. It's absolutely designed. And the more, the more I interact on social media, because I took a year off, the more I'm aware of just how basically social media is designed to make you stupid, to kill your critical thinking skills. No, it's not just social media. It's not just social media. It's also um, the school system. They don't teach logic. They don't teach systematic thought. And by the way, I'm not claiming to be an expert on either one of them. But, you know, to put it in an American way, there is common sense. You know, and back when I was growing up, and yes, I know I sound like an old boomer. But back when I was growing up, oh, the way the older generation used to, to tell us we were being stupid was, what's the matter with you? Don't you, do you lack common sense? Meaning that if it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, 90% of the time it's going to be a duck. But, you know, um... There's the shallow takes. And then, and then there's the, I've, when I've interacted on the internet and I will post a remark on a thread or whatever, the people who want to go against me, they're not, they're not telling me in a logical and coherent way why I'm wrong. They're not doing it. They're absolutely not doing it. Instead, what they're doing is they're taking their pet narrative and they just keep, you know, posting and hammering on their narrative without addressing what I actually said or wrote. The third thing is cognitive dissonance. Now, to me, and I've said this on Twitter, to me, cognitive dissonance is when you complain on Twitter to me and tell me, well, you're using modern, modern verbiage. You should use traditional verbiage. I find two things wrong with that. Number one, if you had critical thinking skills and you knew what the hell you were talking about instead of giving me your 3,000 IQ take, you would understand that we're all modernists. I don't care if mommy and daddy were said of a contest since the 70s. I don't care if they, they raised you in said of a contism. You know, all your life. You are subject to the times and the society and to the culture you are born in. Even, even the, the, um, the honest Catholics between the 1700s and Vatican II, because modernism was being introduced into the society as a whole and the culture as a whole and the church 
as much as they could get away with, and I'm talking about the modernists, were not on a massive scale, obviously, as we are now, but they were being, you know, introduced modernist terms and ways of thinking. So if you're if you lack the critical thinking skills and the knowledge to understand what I'm talking about and you want to you know basically my attitude is if you're coming at me in air one time I'll give it a pass but if I try to engage you and say where and what I said where and what I said, how is it incorrect? And all she can do is, is, um, spurg about, you know, you, you can't address my points. If you cannot address why I'm wrong, then eventually I'm going to get tired of you and I'm going to block it because like I said, I don't have the inclination. I don't have the, uh, the toleration. Okay. This this should be this should be um well like I said uh, social media is purposely made this way and you know to basically to 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 degrade people's ability to reason and and um logically come to the conclusions that they have. So there's that. And secondly, I knew it took me a long time to do the first part, but secondly, if you don't have the critical thinking skills to understand that berating me, not on my message or what's being said or rejecting what a priest who the Vatican II has beatified has said without looking, without understanding the wisdom in what he was saying is um, basically it's a waste of time, bottom line. Because Anybody who said Vacantis knows, yes, yes, uh, Vatican II does not have the authority to canonize saints. But 95% of the material that you get for social media is from Vatican II. So unless you have that set of Vacantist uh, um, image and quote, um, website that I can go to, you're wasting my time. You're First of all, you're insulting me by implying that I'm too dumb to know that um, Padre Pio is not um, officially a saint. And while we're on the subject of Padre Pio, use your gray matter here, people. He had the stigmata. Now, unless you can tell me of a non-saint who received the stigmata, don't don't come at me saying that, you know, um, 
that Vatican II didn't have the authority. I understand that. What I'm asking you is, okay, so fine. He's not a saint. I understand that. How did he receive the stigmata if God did, did not consider him a saint? Because to my knowledge, no, no non-saint that I'm aware of, and I've got a pretty good idea of church history, has ever received a stigmata. So you're, 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 you're in a backhanded way, you're calling me stupid because you think I don't understand. Okay. And thirdly, thirdly, um, you know, for those of you said of a contest out there, and I've covered this in a past episode, so I'm not going to get too deep in the weeds. If you do not understand that we're living in the last days, and that our mission is to get as many people on the true ark of salvation. Not you, I'm looking at you, Vatican II sect members. Then why are we having autistic debates about theological terms? Why are we having autistic debates about crap that doesn't matter? And it doesn't matter. If it doesn't, if it doesn't advance the cause of sedvacantism... I have neither the time nor the uh, will to get into those sort of debates. It doesn't interest me. I'm interested in reaching people and getting them on the Ark of Salvation. Okay? So, if you know, if, if you can't deal with that, you know, if, if you're such, if you can't use critical thinking skills, you know, that's not my issue. That's your issue. And then, so I'm going to move on to another thing too, is people tend to assume the worst about you on social media. They, and for whatever reason, for whatever reason, they assume the worst. You know, I can put, I can do podcast after podcast. I can make post after post on Twitter telling people I am who I am and I am who I say I am. And I'll still get the 300 IQ take. Well, you seem a little prideful. You seem a little uh, hypocritical. Without recognizing within themselves, and I literally mean this, that the th very thing that they're accusing me of, they're guilty of. And believe me, uh, when somebody makes that accusation, I check them out. And so, because I want to make sure that, you know, they're accusing me of being some sort of bad faith actor. I want to see where they're coming from. If if their if their words are leading up to um what what they what they're saying they are because I guarantee you ninety percent of the time I I I I can guarantee you I do practice what I preach. Now, having said that, having said that, I do realize 
that I am not the most holy and pious person, but I never claim to be. So if somebody wants to claim, well, you cursed in this episode, you could, yeah, you're right. I did. Sometimes my, my former self comes out and I, I get a little crude and vulgar, but even, even when I allow my old self to come out, I guarantee you there is a purpose and a reason for everything that I do. There is a purpose and reason for the verbiage I use. You may not understand it. That's fine. I don't expect to be understood, but there is a reason. And sometimes I use the crude and, and vulgar language because people in, in this present era sometimes are too thick to understand unless, unless you get in their face about it. And yes, I do understand that that's not the most holy and pious thing that, that I should do if I'm striving for piety and holiness, which I am. But I will acknowledge my faults. But I challenge those of you who are coming here from Twitter to, to tell me where I have been critical, you know, and I'm saying on my podcast, and well, even on my Twitter, but on my podcast on Twitter, where I have been critical of another set of a contest, personally, personally, not, not in a, if the shoe fits, wear it type of way that I do on my, um, on my podcast, but I call out a particular person by name. I challenge you to do that because I've actually had a person challenge more than one person challenge me. And I do realize that this is coming off the heels of a recent, um, a recent thing that I had with a Vatican two member where I genuinely did get nasty with him. Um, now I blocked the person in question because I realized he's just a troll, but I'm going to tell you flat out, if you respect me and are respectable toward me, I will respect you. The minute you turn it personal, the minute you, you, you try to defame or misrepresent me, I'm going to, I'm going to hammer you with everything at my disposal. And I make no apologies for that. And then if you continue to be an autistic Spurg, I will block you. But I've never, never called out anyone by name. On this podcast or on Twitter. Everything I say is, once again, you know, critical thinking skills work here. I have said multiple times on multiple episodes. 
everything I say, I've either been guilty of in the past or I'm guilty of in the present. I do. I am working on the stuff that I'm guilty of right now. But. Um. So when I when I say set of a contest, when I say Vatican II sect members, when I say Protestants, I'm actually talking about in a general way just the majority of the people that I've encountered on social media or in real life. So um there's there's that and there um basically you know um basically um You know, I, I I do realize a lot of people are sheltered and coddled. Well, that's not my perspective. But I too do try to make allowances for that. Because, you know, um, now I used to be guilty when I was younger of being resentful toward those who were sheltered. And, and basically, I'm a product of my era where if you were coddled, you were bullied. Because, you know, if 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 you're if you're smart enough to understand that if you've been coddled and somebody picks on you, it's toughening you up and making you more so more resilient as a person. I realize that the coddling and the um the sheltering is due to Famille and social and cultural constructs. And I do try to make allowances, but you know, also, and I've covered this in another episode, just you're going to need to toughen up. You're going to need to toughen up. Now it's popular on political Twitter for the political podcasters to tell their younger audience, you need to toughen up. They're basically talking in the secular realm. But that doesn't, that doesn't excuse, you know, people who consider themselves Catholics. You too need to toughen up. You know, not everybody lived, uh, lived a sheltered or um, easy life and it would behoove you to remember that. And one of the things that I grew up with was when basically a person came up to me and they said, uh, we're criticizing me because of the way I was. And I would tell them, well, that's just because you're sheltered and coddled. They would spurg out on me and tell me, oh, I had a hard life. My parents got divorced. Oh, uh, you know, oh, uh, 
My sister died of an overdose. Yeah, okay. You know, I'm not saying that bad things don't happen. But if you... And once again, I, I'm I'm guilty of this, uh, have been guilty of this. It's by God's grace I came to understand that by... I, I'm just going to say... I haven't had an easy life and I damn sure have never been coddled my whole life. And I do understand that um think yes that that's another thing too. People say oh it could always be worse. Well, I'm enough of a cynic to understand it could always be worse. You know. Think before you speak. I don't claim to have the hardest life. I would never claim to have the hardest life. But it takes self-awareness to realize that when somebody says you're sheltered and coddled, to maybe take a few seconds and think about, oh, there, there are actually people with harder lives than I did, than I have, and... Maybe I really was sheltered and coddled despite the the things that have gone on in my life and that people actually have had it harder. My point in saying this is, is not, um, it's not that, you know, um, I'm, I'm being, um, um, that I that I have lack of charity or I have lack of empathy. I'm trying not to be. I used to very much lack charity and empathy. I'm trying not to be. What I'm urging you guys to do is, is when I say toughen up, you know, instead of getting butt hurt and mad about what I'm saying or how I'm saying it, the message. Think about what I'm saying. Um, another thing I've noticed in, on social media is everyone just automatically assumes that you were born in the same background mindset and, uh, way of doing things that they were, um, I'm guilty of that in so far, I don't assume people think like I do. I know from bitter experience, they don't. I know from bitter experience that people don't think the way I do, act the way I do, you know. But where I do make that error is, is that I assume that the things I take for granted, the way I think and the way I speak, I take for granted that I'm a plain, honest person and people understand what I'm saying and um, that they that they basically um, understand I'm being honest in what I'm saying. 
I'm guilty of that. And I, quite frankly, I have no excuse for this fault because I've been on social media enough to know that, well, not just social media, society in general. I've, I've been around there long enough to know that people, um, people are in their own little worlds. I mean, honestly speaking, we all are in our own little world, but um, I, I try to, I, I take people at their word. If you say, or, you know, you say something or do something, I, I'm going to take you at your word. And to use a real world example, when Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum puts out a video saying, meat will be a delicacy. Bugs will be your diet. You will live in a pod. You'll have no money and you'll be happy. I take him absolutely at his word. Now, where I will absolutely uh, not have anything to do with are people who say one thing and do another. Oh, and by the way, that reminds me, the earlier example I was using where I got accused of being prideful, I'm not kidding when I said I did some research. The person who made that accusation was basically doing a video stream where he was acting a lot worse than what he was accusing me of but was so so spiritually blind that if I showed him that stream and asked him, do you see anything wrong with this? And do you see anything wrong with what you accused me of? Would probably say, no, there's nothing wrong. No, I did nothing wrong. And that's... This is going to be more or less directed at the uh, at the people that are on religious Twitter. People literally don't know themselves. And when I say know themselves, I'm talking in the secular realm. And I'm also talking in the spiritual realm. Read any spiritual writer from the traditional Catholic Church and they will tell you, before you can embark on a spiritual journey, you have to know yourself. There are books that I've recommended on the four temperaments. But if you do not realize what your weaknesses and your failings are, Not just in the secular realm, but in the spiritual realm. And they go hand in hand, quite honestly. Then you're, you're going to be no better than the worldlings and the secularists and the heretics and schismatics that you criticize. It's really that simple. Um, 
Genau. Um, this is more about me. I try to be humble. I really do. And so, whatever media platform I'm on, if I make a mistake or if I get something wrong, I will apologize and I will try to make the correction. Now, the sad part about what I'm going to say is, is that I've heard Sedvacantis talk about, oh, that's fake humility, that's fake humility. No, no. I mean, there's hypocrisy and hypocrisy is fake humility. But I just want to ask a question. If you're accusing somebody of being fake humble and you don't know them personally, just a thought, how can you make that claim? Matter of fact, how on when you're dealing on the internet with people that you do not know, how can you make any kind of character or spiritual claim against them when you don't know them personally? Now, if a Vatican II person goes on Twitter and says, oh yeah, the Eucharist is just bread and wine, that's an obvious heresy. You're not... You're not um you're not judging them as a person. They just announce for the whole world to see um their ignorance and their rebellion. So if you call them out, no, that's that's um that's that's not, you know, calling somebody out on an obvious error, you know, I have no issue with that. My Issue is, is how in the world are you going to sit and make character judgments and um, basically the, the Catholic Church, and I shouldn't have to remind people of this. There's a thing called slander that's in the, the, the uh, slander and hasty judgment that is in um the examination of conscience. And what I would ask you is, is if you're making accusations against a person's character, how is that not hasty judgment? And how is that not um, slander? Because basically, and it saddens me that I should even have to explain this, slander is basically making an accusation without knowing all the facts. There's, um, there's also, um, let me think, um, I don't want any dead air, so I'm going to end here and I'm going to add another part to it as soon as I can figure out what it is I want to close with. I'll be right back.
I apologize, guys. Um, I I think uh, there there there's a saying on Two and a Half Men where Jake gets drunk, and his uncle Charlie tells him he says, "Alcohol and drugs are for people who can afford to waste brain stem, uh, brain cells. You cannot." Um. <laughs> The irony is, is I'm, I understand fully what he was talking about. Anyhow, um, my approach to what I consider my mission from God is I will take Whatever material, regardless of the source, and if I, if I think that this material will help get my message across, I will use it. Now, I do understand that this approach can be accused of pragmatism. Um... However, I don't consider my approach pragmatism because pragmatism would be to use a source regardless if it's in traditional Catholicism or not, any source, you know, so images or, you know, whatever that are blasphemous or disrespect the Blessed Virgin Mary and Lord Jesus and the Heavenly Kingdom or um, or you know it, it just it's 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 not I, I don't I don't use material that is not um In your face, blasphemous. Now, to those of you who um, who may be new set of accountants and may have led a uh, pretty uh, pretty uh, uh, hedonistic lives you will know that my intro and my outro for some of my pod uh, episodes is from the the movie Boondock Saints. Now, when I use this material, I'm not endorsing the movie. But in in the fairness of honesty, I will admit before I got serious about my Catholicism, I did like the movie a lot. I thought it was an interesting concept. Um, but I, I do not endorse the... Uh, I, I do not endorse the movie. I do not endorse that particular director. 
And because I did, uh, I watched a documentary on the kid who made that movie. Um, he strikes me as your typical Vatican II uh, Spurg, basically. But that's going to come to another issue. Um, that I'm trying to address. My, my approach is not pragmatic. A lot of set of especially on Twitter, will get it twisted if you use a Protestant pastor, well, actually, Protestantism, Protestantism is where I draw the line. Um, I, I absolutely despise Protestantism because I was a member of that sect, and I don't. I very rarely take things personally. I really do. Um, rarely, rarely take things seriously, but where, um, I, I, I really Protestantism. And when I say Protestantism, I'm not saying the honest people who go to Protestant churches who are just in their own way, trying to worship God as they understand him, you know, any more than I hold it against the Vatican II people who are doing that. Um, I don't hold it against them personally, but I will, you know, I will tell them, Hey, look, you're wrong. Been there, done that. You're wrong. But the people that I, and this goes for Vatican II. And by the way, for those of you who are unaware, Vatican II is Protestantism with a Catholic facade. But in the Protestant realm, there are certain preachers. And the ironic part is the Catholicism that they're taking, that they're criticizing, that they're abusing, is the, is the Catholicism that is actually more like their religion than the true Catholic church. But these guys are so ignorant and pride, uh, uh, proud that they think that, Oh, this is the real Catholicism. And it, I got a chuckle. I mean, I hate their arrogance. I hate their hubris and I hate their pride, but I laugh at the irony of what they say. Because if these if these idiots actually understood theology, they would be, be making common cause with the Vatican II Church, not criticizing it. They would actually be going against set of a contest. And well, I'll leave it at that. Um but a lot of set of a contest have a hard time differentiating. Between 
um, say a a priest like Padre Pio, um, who Vatican II canonized, or you know Saint Teresa of Avila being considered a doctor of the church which was made by Vatican II, therefore invalid, they have a hard time differentiating between the title that Vatican II gave them and the fact that they were a member of the traditional Catholic Church. Therefore, they're getting upset about something that they have no control over. If Vatican II made Padre Pio a saint, they're not a member of the Vatican II hierarchy. They have no control over that. And um, St. Teresa of Avila was a saint, or I should say is a saint. If Vatican II made her a doctor, well, you know, Vatican II can proclaim... uh, Donald Duck to be a doctor of the church, that doesn't make it so. And it really annoys me that I even have to make to to bring up the distinction. You know, um, anybody who follows my Twitter, um, you know, um, as far as I'm concerned, um, you know, um, Maximilian Colby, I haven't read any, any material that has said that he was a modernist. I haven't read anything. So as far as I'm concerned, the fact that Vatican II made him a saint is not um you know is not relevant until somebody can show me where Maximilian Colby was a heretic if there's a quote that he makes that you know what I'm saying is as far as I'm concerned Maximilian Colby is a, uh, he's a, uh, he's a traditional Catholic priest. And I'm sure the Vatican, uh, I'm sorry, the pre-Vatican II church had a reason for not canonizing him. But I'm not privy to that reason. But until somebody can show me evidence that he was an actual, um, Heretic, the way John the Twenty Third was, or uh, Paul the Sixth, I'm going to to use his quotes. Um, as I stated previously, everything I do is, you know, I have a purpose and a reason. I don't quote. I don't quote random Vatican II um, people who have been made saints 
you know, willy nilly. There, there's a, there is thought and consideration to what I post. But a lot is said of a contest, you know, um, they spurg out about, oh, Vedicatil made him insane. He's not insane. Forget. You have no control over that, brah. You have no control over that. Instead of spurging out over that, how about looking at his, you know, the quote? Is there something? Is there something that is traditional dogma about what he's saying, or spiritual, uh, traditional spirituality? That's another thing I'm going to get to too. You know, I I haven't really done this on Twitter, but on this podcast, I keep hammering Father Bernard Utley in his series, The Spiritual Life, on um, True Restoration Radio. Because he did this series back in 2015, before I was a gleam in a set of a contest eye. And... He was complaining about, you may not like what I'm about ready to say, people. It's the truth. Your your pharisaical mindset. I have run on Twitter debates between people who consider themselves traditional Catholic Catholics over the ontology of the word Holy Ghost. And the reason I'm bringing this up is, is that Father Utley, way back in 2015, although I'm sure it went back farther than that, would talk about how traditional Catholics didn't like the word Holy Spirit. That's just showing your ignorance. Because anybody who has read the saints and the spiritual writers know Holy Spirit and Holy Ghost um, are used interchangeably before Vatican II. So if you're going to get hung up because Vatican II uh, misrepresented the word Holy Ghost, what I would suggest to you is is you um, need to get over it. It's not about you. Okay? You have no control over what Vatican II did or did not do. It's already happened. You know, um, we are already heading toward the end. You know, spurging out about the ontology of, of a freaking word. How is that advancing the set of a cantus, set of a cantus cause? There is, um, there's another thing that he mentioned that a lot of said of the contest, we don't like the spiritual life. It sounds like Vatican II. (laughs) Um, the spiritual life or whatever mis, 
directions that they put forward about it um, did not start with, with Vatican II. Uh, I'm sorry. The misdirection started with Vatican II. But if you read the traditional Catholic writers, um, they were... You know, they were talking about the spiritual life. You know, every time I, I hear some set of contest spurg out about how Vatican II corrupted the spiritual life and how they can't, they can't, you know, they have a hard time removing the mental block. I want to ask them, tell me where the bad Vatican II Pope touched you. You know, it's okay. Tell me where the bad Vatican II Pope touched you. Because whether you like it or not, you know, you can have the correct doctrine. You can go to the correct mass. If you don't have a spiritual life, your chances of getting into heaven are very, very slim. Very, very slim. And if what I'm saying is, is too much for you to take, well, once again, I will say the issue's not with me, it's with you. You know, and while I'm on this subject, the reason why um, I'm not totally, um, you know, I, 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 when it comes to Vatican II, I hate their hierarchy because they are literal demons misleading people. And I literally hate their apologists. And by the way, when I say hate, not the person, what they're doing. But I hate the apologists is because they're, because they are purposely misleading people. However, however, even the set of I'm sorry, not set of contest. Even the Vatican II hierarchy and clergy. Now, if I were a betting man, I'd bet like a hundred bucks that some of the thing, the truthful things, the traditional Catholic things that they have said have probably been on accident, or that, um. If it wasn't on accident, they were trying to twist it, but the gist of their message came out traditional. That's just God's divine providence, <laughs> you know. But what I'm trying to tell you people is, is even guys like uh, Mr. Bogolio, Mr. Ratzinger, Mr. Wotia, Mr. Montini, and whoever... Uh, John the 23rd was Roncalli, Mr. Roncalli. Um, they have uttered truth. Just like, and when I say truth, I'm talking about Catholic truth. Just like Protestants, you know, Martin Luther had actually said things that actually were Catholic church after he broke up Catholic truths after he broke with Catholic church. Now that does, does that mean that he's acceptable, that he's no longer a heretic? No, it just means that you have to do, a, you have to go beyond your binary thinking 
and realize that even a hardened, a hardened um, sinner and heretic through God's providence will utter, you know, God's divine truth, whether they're aware of it or not. And, you know, given the fact we're talking about heretics, they probably don't. But, um, so I'm going to, I'm going to wrap this up. Basically, the bottom line to this episode is quit getting hung up on externals and the surface. Try not to be a binary thinker and look below the surface. Look into what the message actually is. And the reason that I entitled this episode A Comfortable Lie is Easier for People to Deal With Than a Hard Truth is because people would rather would rather be lazy and live in the lie than truly and honestly and sincerely follow the truth wherever it may lead them. So, I thank you for listening. Um... I I tried to keep this conversationally. There is sometimes though it's very easy for me to go get a little ranty. But I do appreciate you listening and I definitely pray you got some food for thought. And um I pray that the Holy Ghost that I that I'm being a instrument of God's divine providence. Um I'm praying for all of you. And I want to see as many people get to heaven as possible. So once again, I urge you, forget the tone, focus on the message. God bless you. Have a good day. Bye-bye. You people have been chosen to reveal our existence to the world. You will witness what happens here today. And you will tell of it later.